This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's popping, practitioners? How are we doing today? Doing good, doing good. Um, it's a beautiful Saturday morning. It is a Saturday, Saturday afternoon. afternoon now. Yep, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful day. Gonna it's a good some... day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive. Yeah. Hey, quit. You're gonna get us copyrighted. <laughs> no cro- no copyright creative, creative licensing. Uh no no copyright infringement intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Anyway, <laughs> on that note, let's jump into a conversation about friendship and our role yeah. of life. Let's do that. <laughs> the smoothest transition of all time. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that we can't get copyrighted for. So, uh, friends. Friends. I. Not the TV show. Well, actually, I'm not, I but mean, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. not, but yes. Um, ooh, ah, uh, yeah. I actually need to think about that. Friends and How I Met Your Mother might actually be great mm. imageries and metaphors for. I don't know. This. The, the, it's kind of, but like that, they also have like some really unhealthy codependence. Uh, um, yes. So yes. Like, in both of those, in shows. both of the shows, yeah. they have some really unhealthy codependence. So I don't, I don't know about that, but yeah, just from like a mental health. Well, every metaphor breaks down at some point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that's true. Um, friends. I don't know that I would have put friends in any category of my spiritual health until a year and a half ago. Agreed. Um, now, I think it's vital. Yeah. Cause I would have lumped it. Cause I would have lumped friends into community. They're not really the same. No, no, especially not for me. Cause a lot of my friends exist outside of my community. All of my friends do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially for me, because you, for a lot of people, your friends are like-minded to you. Yeah. You may have friends that are not, but by and large, you you end up attracting yourself to people that are like you. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just how it happens. I don't know. I mean, I have a really good friend that's a Trump supporter, so... <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to talk to you about that off air. Okay. Um, so... I don't know that I would have done that, but I need to because as my friends are people like me, most of my friends are pastors. Right. Uh, So we lead our own communities and we don't really like including them in a conversation about community makes them mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, And so I wouldn't have done it now on this side of it. It might be one of the, the most vital elements of my spiritual health, I think. Mm. Um, 
because I was talking to our sister about this. Um, just in general, I don't think a person can do the Christian faith alone. Mm, yeah. If you're trying to do it by yourself, I think you're a delusional person that's ne- that it's not going to work. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I was actually talking to a, a different friend of mine about that um, when I was in New York. Mm. Um, we had like a, about a two day conversation just over Instagram back and forth about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I genuinely think that, um, community and friendship is essential. I mean, that's why that's our second value. Be relational. We get that from, from acts two, where they were meeting outside of their gatherings Yeah, and, and just living life together. Yep. Um, it is essential to have that to get through the Christian life. Yep, I think so. Now, Ken starts this chapter, and I, I want to bring this up because I do think it's a pretty revelatory um, story for the American idea of friendship. Mm-hmm. A guy realizes that he's got all these friends on Facebook and people he hasn't seen in a long time, whatever. So he decided he wants to do an event. And so he sets up a time for all these people to come to this bar, have drinks with him, like hang out, reconnect with all these people. And so he puts it out on Facebook. The night comes. Nobody shows up. Finally, one person shows up who he didn't even know. She was a quote-unquote friend of a friend. And this is his final line. They ended up making small talk and she left. Hal was his name. Hal sat at the bar alone and waited until midnight. It's concluded in his article with these words. 700 friends and I was drinking alone that night. Mm. Your Facebook friends are not your friends. Yeah. Your Facebook friends can be your friends. Sure. But the idea of friendship being viewed through the lens of Facebook is detrimental to the concept of friendship. Yeah. Um, Friendship is something much more intimate and vulnerable than Facebook could ever dream of being. Yeah. Well... Friendship fundamentally comes down to people that that know you intimately, mm. um, and to do that, uh, vulnerability is essential, right? And you're not vulnerable with your Facebook friends, right? If if you post a, something on Facebook that is vulnerable, fine, but like that doesn't. You're not vulnerable with them. Well, it it's created this odd dilemma, actually, and it's it it feels very oxymoronic in nature. But in his book, this is from uh, Ken's book. It's a quote from Ken's book. In his book, Bowling Alone, Harvard professor Robert Putnam explains how the rise of technologies like the internet and television have contributed to the decline of informal social activities, mm. dinner parties, bowling leagues, community groups, and the like that foster relationships or foster friendships. The very technologies designed to link us together yeah. end up driving us apart. 
Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Um, when I was in New York, I was rarely on my phone. You know, if I was on my phone just long enough to, like, take a picture or something, yeah. and then I might go two or three hours without looking at my phone because, like, I'm trying to be present with the people that I'm with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what's so funny, dinner parties was listed there. Yep. One of my favorite things to do is host a dinner party. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I eat that crap up. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Like, I get um, it. So, yeah. I, I eat that stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's yep. just, it's crazy. Yep. I get it. This was shocking to me, too, as we're talking about just, like, kind of trying to deconstruct this falsified idea of friendship. I'm going to kind of jump around, but this is also in Kinsbrook. Strong friendships also can make a difference in our psychological well-being. In 1937, a researcher at Harvard began a long-range study on the key factors that contribute to a human well-being and happiness. The study tracked a group of 268 men who entered Harvard College in the late 1930s over the course of 70 years. Wow. So... They come in at, you know, 18, 20, something like that. This is the 1930s, so right. could have been a little bit different on the entry age. But he tracks them over 70 years. And they go to Harvard. That is quite the longitudinal study. <laughs> well, and they go to Harvard. So yeah. these are people of power and influence and yeah. success. I mean, it says the researchers followed them through their life experiences, war, career, marriage, divorce, parenthood, grandparenthood, and old age. Yeah. I want to read this study. One of the things that surprised these ambitious elite men now in their 90s as they look back over their lives was the fact that it was not their career successes nor their celebrated accomplishments that brought them the greatest satisfaction, but their relationships with family and friends. Hmm. We are created for relationship. Yeah. Fellowship just in a very general idea is why God made us mm. to be in fellowship, literally yeah. to be made in the image and likeness of God is to be a human being in need of relationship. Yeah. And, and just talking about all this made me think about some research I had to do last semester. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to sum up a bunch of different, like 20 different research articles and yeah. in, in like a three sentence statement. But essentially what we find, and I was specifically looking at the correlation of like relationships and substance use. Mm. Um, generally what we found was that ne relationships that were already negative mm. um, influence substance use, mm. positive relationships decrease substance use hmm. um or like substance use disorders right yeah, like yeah. um i mean if going out and having a, a few beers with your friends like that's one thing you know what i mean but yeah um but actual substance use disorders if there was a negative relationship increase hmm. positive relationships decrease yeah. you know what i mean yep so i get that um not only is having excuse me, are we created to have relationships? We are social creatures for sure. Um, science tells us that. Yep. The Bible tells us that. Mm -hmm. um, but 
is just essential for healthy living. Mm-hmm. Um, that level of vulnerability and accountability that you get from true friendship, you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, well, I think something that sums this up really well for me, maybe not for everyone, uh, is actually a quote from Barney Stinson in How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> I love this. I know exactly where um, you're going. I love it. He says, you know, it, and his entire character is that everything must be legendary. And he's and he says he's telling these two young kids how to, he's about to get married and he's like giving up his single player life, uh, player king of New York City. <laughs> um, Barney Stinson, the player king of New York right. City. He's giving it all up, and he's he's giving it to these two kids and kids there in college, whatever. No. And he says to them, like the last thing I want you to know is that no matter what you do, it's not legendary unless your friends are there to see it with you. Yeah, nothing in life is legendary unless your friends are there to see it. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's a a, a poster of that that I want to buy so bad. It, I mean, it really does sum up how important friendships and relationships are to us because literally I, I nothing is legendary if your friends and the people close to you are not there to see it you can do and see the coolest things but if there's no one there with you to experience that with you yeah it's just it so actually I have a great example of that when I was in New York um, my flight got canceled. Yes, I remember um, this. Yeah. My flight got canceled. And so I was uh, stranded in New York uh, for an extra day and a half, yeah. um, which wasn't bad, right? Yeah. I mean, there's worse places to be stranded, right? When you weren't um, actually stranded, you no. had a place to go to sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I was stuck there. Yeah, yeah. You could um, not get home. Yeah. And all of the, so like actually Spirit canceled like uh, like. 500 of their flights across the u.s because of staffing COVID issues related? no staffing issues oh yeah um some nonsense actually but um so all weekend long we didn't really do a whole lot of touristy stuff yeah we were just kind of living life you know doing things you know yep Kind of honestly, we were just partying <laughs> and just living life, you yeah, know. Yeah, doing the things you do in New York, and that was so much fun because I had people there to experience that with me. Yeah. The extra day and a half that I didn't have anybody because they were all working, I, they all had stuff going on. Yeah, I just wandered around New York and saw the sights by myself. Did the touristy stuff? It was cool, but like it wasn't nearly as cool as it would have been if I had people there with me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I get that. Um, honestly, I just felt like a local that was just walking, Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was going from walking from one place to the next and, you know, by middle of the second day, I got kind of bored. Yeah. Well, you're by yourself. I was by myself. I got kind of bored. Yeah, I get it. You know, and we talked a little bit about being made in the image of God and being made for relationships. Ken highlights this in a way that I probably wouldn't have thought to. Throughout Genesis 1 and 2, we are told, I want to say it's like 14 times 
that God did something and it was good. Yeah. Only once are we told that God did something and it wasn't good. It was not good that the man should be alone. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 100%. It's the only time we're told that God did something that wasn't good. Yeah, I've never thought about that, like, in that way. And God fixed it. Yeah, by giving him Eve, right? Yep. Um, Yep. That's the Genesis 2 narrative, but even still, I mean, it's it's part of the narrative. You still have to do something with it. Um. I mean, if we've, we talked about this on uh, Pines and Perspectives, you know, um, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to our series on women in ministry. Um, but yeah, um, we are, it is essential for us to have relationships because God actually in the Genesis 2 narrative saw that Adam was lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the perfect sin-free place. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that sin causes loneliness, yeah. right? It can, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that sin comes from loneliness. Loneliness is something that happens when you don't have somebody to share life with. Yeah, and Ken, I do think it's limiting, but I think it's a great place to start in talking about what you need from a friend, he breaks it up into four categories. It is limiting. I don't, I don't, I think this could be expanded, but I also think it's a good baseline for people to think about as they begin to write their rule of life for friendship. Play. So side to side activities with friends, Um, playing golf, Going bowling, um, playing cards, going out on the boat on the water for the weekend. You know what? Traveling together, yeah, doing the fun things. Super important. Oh, essential. That's actually if I, if I had one qualm with the biblical narrative, we don't see Jesus having enough fun. Mm. Although, well, we do see him going to that party. <laughs> well, we do, but, I mean, we get, and true that we only get three to three and a half years of Jesus' life. Right. And he's got a lot of work to accomplish in that time. We do see him at a few dinner parties, and as you at, might at imagine. A, at a wedding, too. But he's always around his friends. Yeah. And so you imagine that he had a lot of fun. But, like, I wish we got it in the narrative more. I wish we were told about Jesus' social life a little bit better. I'm not a big fan of, like, the gospel movies that are out there. Yeah. Um, But, like, something that I think that the Son of God did really well is watching Jesus, like, just sit around and cut up with the disciples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just reclining at the table after dinner, kind of just having a good time. just, like, when they're out wandering, right? They're just, like, laughing and, you know, being dudes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's something that I think that they did really well. Yeah. Because I imagine that that happened. Oh, I'm sure it did. I just wish we were told explicitly in the narrative a little bit better. Yeah. Um Cause don't you know that like they ragged on Peter for some of the stuff <laughs> Peter said, 
<laughs> like just dudes being dudes. Genuinely. Dudes being dudes. Like I can't I can't imagine that they weren't cutting yeah. up and just <clears throat> yeah, I, ragging I, on each other. Yeah, right? They like, have to, right? So you've got the play activities. Just the having fun together with your friends. But then you've got the face to face activities. The conversations, the mm. dinner parties, the going out for beers. Yeah, the the conversational and relational <laughs> element that's the more vulnerable piece of the yeah. relationship. And then you have service, which I'll be honest, I think me and my friends do that a little bit better just because of our nature of pastoring. Mm-hmm. Um and I've got friends that do nonprofit work and stuff like that. And we went to college together. And so we were always kind of serving and helping each other start ministries and things. So is this like serving each other or serving other people together? Yes. Okay. I do think, and this is where I say I think Ken could expand his book a little bit on, on some of this. But I think serving one another is huge. Mm-hmm. So the biblical example I would give is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Yep. Um, but I also think serving alongside one another together I is mean, also huge. The biblical the, the, example I would give is the feeding of the five the five thousand men, mm. the twenty thousand people total. I mean, you've yeah. got you've got Jesus and twelve dudes yeah. that are trying to feed twenty thousand people as Jesus multiplies these fish and bread. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, they are serving and I think that's vital to their relationship and friendship. Yeah. And the last one is prayer, praying mm. together. Hmm. Love that. I, I, I can remember about March of this year, I was going through some really, really, really dark times in my life. And I didn't really tell anyone for a good while. Yeah, I, I told like two or three of the closest people to me I didn't tell anyone else for like a month, maybe a month and a half. And this is like a traumatic experience. Didn't tell anyone. When I told my closest friends, this is Ben Blackwell and Adam Cheney, two of my closest friends. Both have been on our other podcasts multiple times. They were like, we're getting together this weekend. Everybody's like, clear your calendar. We're getting together. We get together. We did face-to-face contact. They served me. Ben bought all of our lunch, and we just hung out. And they prayed. Yeah. With me, for me. That moment... Even through, and what have we said, every (laughs) single episode of this week's content, life comes through the experience of pain and trauma. Mm. That forever will be one of the most life-giving experiences I've ever had. Um, 
because it was a genuine experience of true friendship. Um, and one of the things I say all the time is that I believe that the love of God should be experienced through the people of God. Yep. And the epitome of that is in your closest and most intimate relationships of which some of those should be called friends. Mm. Um, and so friendship is vital yes, to is. our spiritual health. <clears throat> and so as you write your rule, I think you, you can write your rule for each of those categories. How am I going to incorporate prayer into my friendships? How am I going to incorporate service of both my friends and service together into my friendships? How am I going to incorporate face-to-face contact? How am I going to incorporate play into my friendships? And how often do I, as a human being, in pursuit of healing and wholeness, need that? Um, I mean, I think we both agree that we are each other's best friends, uh, and we work together. We live five minutes from each other. We see each other multiple times a week. Yeah, we hang out all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like we hang out all the time. For my other friends, I don't see them all the time. Yeah. I hang out with Adam once a month. Yeah. And like, that's enough for our friendship. Yeah. But like, if all I got was once a month with Adam and once a month with you, I would be friendship deficient. Oh, 100%. I think, I, I totally agree. Um, I don't see my other friends as often as I would like. Um, actually, I haven't seen any of my other friends in several weeks, actually. Yep. Um, and that's sad for me. Yeah. But, like, I see you often. Yep. I just came back from New York where we saw our other brother. Or yep honorary brother yep right <laughs> honorary yeah i like that honorary brother yeah um so it's been nice you know yeah. um but friendship deficiency um can lead to a lot of problems right a lot of pain a lot of pain a lot well and a lot of cooped up pain yeah i i have this hypothesis that social isolation leads to depression, right? This, that is proven. Yep. But I also believe that there is a sort of a cycle here. Then the depression can lead to other issues like substance use disorders, which feeds back into the social isolation. Yep. Relationships is a core piece for a healthy human being. Yep. Otherwise... It can be detrimental for just your mental, physical, spiritual health. All of that is proven scientifically that social isolation can destroy you. And hence why, through the narrative, God makes countless things that he calls good and very good. Then when he makes Adam and realizes that he's alone, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. For man to be alone. Friendship should not be taken lightly. Mm. And it should not be something that we exclude from our spirituality and the health of our spiritual formation. 
they are vital and interconnected and we've neglected them for far too long. It's time for us as people of faith to embrace a life of faith that God designed for us to have rather than the religious zealotry Mm. that we've been given.